0: So who was here last week, or at least has heard the recording? Like probably most of you. God is good, hey? Yeah, so good, wow. Um, Does anyone have any cool like updates, or like, I don't know, like did anyone get touched by that in a particular way, or did anyone send that talk to someone, they really liked it, or does anyone have anything you wanna throw out? It was definitely something that I could use through
1: the week. Yeah, cool. um, Oh wow! There's been quite a few people that I've had times with where they genuinely think that it was God's will that that child was sick, or it's yep. God's will for this, and yep. you put it in such a way that I was that it just hit me so hard because we we don't have a problem saying what Jesus is like. You know, we would never in our wildest dreams ever imagine exactly. Jesus willing that child to be sick. Exactly. Because we know what he's like. Yeah. So to be able yeah. to have the words now to say, well, Jesus is looking into, G- into God, isn't he? And people yeah. can't say no to that. You can't. You no, know? you can't argue with so that. So then you say, well, if God is Jesus and Jesus is God, how can you possibly say that God allowed that to
0: happen? Yeah, you know? yeah, completely. Or even willed that to happen. Willed you know, it to happen, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, happen. You, can't, you can't imagine Jesus doing it, so <laughs> yeah. why would the Father do it? Like, yeah, <laughs> completely. That's awesome. Thanks, Kathy. Is um, anyone else? Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, man. I can just say, like, I came here from Germany. Um, yeah. I just randomly met John on the street and they. <laughs> randomly? randomly. <laughs> yeah, randomly. And I, <laughs> I came back and just met you all, guys, and I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. And wow. Sort of gave me a reason why I'm here. And Come on. gives you
1: faith and self confidence and everything.
0: Oh my gosh. Come on that's amazing man man you're so welcome here i'm so i'm so glad that you met john on the street like that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome anyone else have any cool like yeah yeah just before i came here my mum who's not saved yeah i just like brought it up and um was talking about like what the topic was like the goodness of God and then i we listened to it last week and it was actually like recording she loves her podcasts and stuff oh awesome and And she said
2: oh <laughs> That's awesome. Yes.
0: Come on. Power of the internet. <laughs> Love, it. <laughs> Love it. That's so good, man. That's awesome to hear. Um, yeah. Cool. Anyone else? It seemed to be like like this is not me at all. Like I told you guys last week before I spoke, Holy Spirit was putting that on my heart, and I was so like my body was like going, Ugh. and it seemed to be like the most impacting talk for people. I think from the feedback I've got so far. And Brad Wall sent it to, like, 20 people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's like? will <laughs> just send it. He probably listens to this right now. Thanks, Brad. You're a legend. Okay. Um, but he just got all this, like, cool feedback and, like, I don't know. It's just awesome stuff like that. So thank you, God, because he's obviously, like, doing stuff with teaching night. So, mm. yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so I want to... Yeah, I want to continue the topic from last week in a different way. Last week, God was putting on my heart, Nath, you speak it, and you speak it strong, and you speak it hard, and that's how I want you to do it, all right? And because Jesus does that sometimes, but he doesn't do that all the time. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes he'll get really soft with someone. And it's just, it's just love, like love changes like that. Depends on what the, per, the, per, the person in front of him needs or the people in front of him needs. He'll change because he's there to serve them. Does that make sense? So I was worshiping last week at worship night it was awesome and I was just like I had no idea what he wanted me to preach on this week but then he just started downloading stuff to me it was beautiful like I started crying actually it was crazy and he was just like I really just want you to just walk the people through the life of Jesus just a few things from the life of Jesus and just show them show them physical tangible real life situations of where he was good and compare and you can you can see how he contrasts to everyone else that's in, in that setting. You know what I mean? You can see how humans think and then you can see how God thinks. Um, so that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm just going to pick, I've got three stories all from the book of John. I'm just going to walk you through the life of Jesus, just like how he treats people, how he thinks. Just, and we can just like, in a sort of a chilled way, in like a mellow kind of way, just like receive <coughs> his goodness. Just be like, wow. Does that make sense? Like, that's the vibe Holy Spirit put on my heart for tonight. Just like, yeah, you're so good, God. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Yeah, so remember how I said last week that when you see the sun, like just what Kathy was saying, when you see the sun, you see God, right? That was kind of, that was probably, like, I didn't even plan it to be the big topic, but that kind of what was the big topic. Like, when you see the sun, you see the Father, There is no difference between the two of them. They have different roles, but they have the exact same character, motive, intent, will, desire, goals, everything. They're on the same team. Like God the Father's not sending sickness and then God the Son's going, oh, get rid of that sickness. Like that makes no sense, you know what I mean? Um, God the Father's not you know, letting the devil just have rain in your life and then Jesus is coming in and and sending him out. (laughs) Like he's not doing that. Like they're on the same team. And we've got to see that. We've got to see that when you see the Son, you see the Father, right? It's like, it's like, I don't know how I missed it for like 20 something years, but like, it's so obvious. Like Jesus all he's talking about the Father in me, me in the Father, I'm in the Father, He's in me. He's going to be in you, I'm going to be in you. Like we're all going to be joined. Like it's just crazy. But, but we so distance the life of Jesus from how we think about God. And that's where a lot of this like not knowing with your heart, the truth about the goodness of God has come from. So, oh wow, this is awesome, more chairs. Oh, yeah. really Go John, strength of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, there's more room on the floor as well guys, I know it's less comfortable. <laughs> um, so good. Yeah, so like I said, I'm going to walk you through three scenarios from the life of Jesus and I'm super excited about these. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to say it all over again. Jesus is the truth about God. Jesus is the truth about God. If you want to know something about God, you better look at the life of Jesus. And if you look at anything else aside from him, you will get part of it, but you won't get the full picture of God. Does that make sense? So you can read the Old Testament and go, God's like this. And I can go, yeah, that actually is true. But you actually might end up getting a skewed perspective if you don't see him through his son revealing him. Does that make sense? You gotta read the old testament through the new or you'll end up might maybe end up thinking God's schizophrenic. Legit. One day he's super happy just blessing people, next day wipes them all out, start again. Just like, Whoa what? Where did that come from? You know what I mean? And what, what like David's David's like this in the Psalms. He's like He's like, God, where are you? Like I, I need you, God. I haven't seen you, I haven't been with you in so long. Next psalm god you're so close i love your presence oh you're a beautiful god amazing sometimes even the next verse it's just like what the heck this is all over the place but like jesus like clears the air he goes you want to know god you're looking at him you're, you're, you're seeing him right now through this person and we can all relate to people you know what i mean even a baby a, a child can relate to a person they can understand a person even before they can even speak, they can get a person, how they are, how they act towards them, all, all those little things. Like, that's God. That's God. Jesus is God. I'm just going to ha- hammer this over and over again so we, we get the idea. Jesus reveals the Father, right? Amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Wow. Okay. Flip open to John 8. I'm reading ESV if that counts. John 8 verse 1. Um, quick little side note about this passage. Some some of your Bibles will probably say the earliest manuscripts do not include John 7.53 to John 8.11. Does people's Bible say that? Yeah. 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 Um, this is my personal opinion on that. Um, I don't know if this is supposed to be in this part of the Bible, as in like, I 100% with my whole heart believe it's scripture. But some people think it's like, should be here, should be there. Someone just placed it in John, whatever, all that sort of stuff, right? Okay, there's going to be times like that when you're reading the Bible and the Bible is going to be honest and say, the earliest manuscripts don't actually include this story. It's going to be honest and just put it in brackets, like the end of Mark. You guys know that where it says like, lay hands on the sick and they will recover as actually the whole section is in brackets. So people are like, is that even scripture? My personal opinion on this you guys can agree or disagree if you like, is that I personally believe that God kept the scriptures, like the Bible we have today, you don't need to go and do a historical research account to figure out what is and what is not scripture. Because I know some people that have actually cross these sections out in their Bible and they go, this is not God for whatever motive of their heart they do in that, right? I personally don't believe that. I personally don't think I'm gonna to get to heaven and God's gonna to go to me, Nath, you should have studied history more because I did not put those verses in there. He's gonna go, did you believe my word? I'm gonna go, with my whole heart, I did my best to believe your word. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's my personal opinion on that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, and like, there could, you could like quote to me all these studies of history and all this sort of stuff that proves to me it's not supposed to be there and all that. At the end of the day, I'm either gonna to have to trust you or I'm gonna to have to trust God kept his word. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm going to go with God kept his word, just to be honest (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's my personal opinion on that. You can agree or disagree, whatever. I don't mind. I'm just going to put that there just for anyone that needs to know that. My side note says they're present in over 900 manuscripts of John. (laughs) That's a lot. lot. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I think it's the same for Mark as well. I think at the end of Mark, there's like 500 of them. Mark says that most in mine, most other manuscripts is present. Most. Okay, well, there you go. So I think all the stuff that's in brackets is actually scripture. That's just a side note. So let's read. John 8 verse 1. Well, actually 7.53. They went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, I love this one sentence, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, He bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Freaking love that story. It's so good. Um, I'll explain why. Okay, now can you see, from the very beginning, the Pharisees do not care about this woman. She's been caught in the middle of adultery. So they probably walked in on her, having sex with someone who wasn't her husband. She may even have been drug out naked, like I don't know. Like to be caught in adultery, who knows? Like they do not care about her. Do they care about Jesus? Absolutely not. It says they brought her out to test him so they could have a charge to bring against him, right? Now, she is seconds away from death and she knows it because she's grown up in an environment where the law is in place. And are the Pharisees correct in what they say about they should stone such women? Actually, yes. The Old Testament does say that, that if someone is caught in adultery, should stone them. Now, here's what's interesting. Does Jesus stone (laughs) her? When you see Jesus, who do you see? You see God, you see the Father, right? So was God's intention from the very beginning, if he's most revealed through Jesus, to stone people caught in sin? No. No. What's his preference here? (laughs) Mercy. Mercy. Because mercy triumphs over Judgment. judgment. God delights in showing mercy. You guys know that song, Amanda Cook? She just yeah. repeats that over and over. You delight in showing mercy and mercy triumphs over judgment. God is stoked when he gets to let you off and you know that you shouldn't be let off. He's stoked to do that. He sees heart and, 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 you, and you get how big of a deal sin is, right? God's not saying that's not a big deal. Just keep going with your life, don't sin anymore. You know, like he put it, His son had to die for that sin. Do you know what I mean? But Jesus goes, let he who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her, right? So Pharisees are trying to catch her. Now, here's another thing that's cool. Does Jesus love the Pharisees? You sure? You sure? (laughs) I'm just testing you. Of course he does. God loves the whole world, right? How amazing is it that with one sentence... He shows his love for the woman. He shows his love for the Pharisees, and I'll explain that more in a second. He doesn't deny her sin. He doesn't minimize her sin. He loves her. He he sets her free from death, imminent death. Like you gotta, imagine being five seconds away from death. Just feel that right now for a second. That's That's her right there humiliated in front of all these people in the temple. There's thousands of people around. She knows she's guilty. She knows she has no way out according to the law. She's probably heard of Jesus as well. She's probably heard that he's this amazing religious guy. Like if anyone's going to do something, maybe it's him. Maybe she doesn't know how he's going to react. Do you know what I mean? She would be terrified right now. And these Pharisees and scribes do not care about her at all. And so it just goes to show how amazing Jesus is that with one sentence, let he who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And what do they do? One by one, they all walk away because they're all convicted of sin. Starting with the older ones, it says, the ones who've been doing this the longest. One by one, they drop a stone and they walk away. And who's the only one left standing? Jesus. You're right. Jesus. Let he who is without sin be the one to cast a stone. Was Jesus without sin? Then by his own sentence, he was without sin. So by his own sentence, by his own rule, he actually had a right to throw a stone. He was the only one there that had a right to throw a stone. Did he throw a stone? No. He lets her go. He accepts her. He accepts her. And you know what? What's cool is that he actually asks her this this, um, what's the word, rhetorical question. Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Does he know the answer to that? Mm-hmm. Of course he does. What's he trying to get at? He's trying to get her to say it. Yeah. Who's condemning you? No one. And then he makes her say it. He's building her up. No one's condemning you. Ah, oh, He's so beautiful. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sorry. Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on sin no more. He doesn't minimize his sin. He doesn't say it's not a big deal. Just try your best. What he's actually saying is, what he's actually saying is, I'll take the stone. You go on. And he knows that. He's actually at peace right now, I think. And he's, he's, he's so freed from himself right now that he's able to build her up because he knows he's going to take the stone one day. And by that, I mean the cross. He's going to take the rap for this. The only innocent one. The one who had, that, uh, the, one who had the right to throw a stone. <sighs> and the Pharisees, he loves them too. Because you know why? Someone with a soft heart, he's very gentle with them. He'll preach to them life. And they'll, and they'll just cry. They'll just break and they'll just cry all throughout his life. <laughs> someone, someone with a hard heart, So if if he didn't care about the Pharisees, you know what he would do? Ignore him, walk away. I was actually reading today in Matthew. He sends out, this is in Matthew 10. He sends out his disciples, right? And he goes, uh, be careful of men because they're gonna bring you before the government and they're gonna flog you in the synagogues. And I just, I caught that word for a second, the synagogue. The synagogue was a house of teaching of scripture. They're gonna flog you in the house of teaching scripture. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sending you out to preach about the kingdom of God and where they preach it right now they're going to flog you there that's the Pharisees that's the scribes that's the, the Sadducees the teachers of the law all the, the, these guys had power they weren't just like religious leaders they had actual government power it says in John 7 like literally the chapter before they send guards to go and arrest him Who, how many church leaders do you know here that can send police to go and do whatever they want none. It's a different different timeline, right? But they could do that. Now, does Jesus love the Pharisees? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Who wrote most of the New New Testament? Paul, Paul, an (laughs) ex-Pharisee. I'm glad Jesus loved the Pharisees. Otherwise, who knows what would happen with the New Testament. Now, they have hard hearts, right? Like I said, when there's someone with a soft heart and receiving what he's saying, he's very, very gentle with them, especially when they're broken. So you guys got to be like that too. When you see someone who's broken, you don't go after them with a hard, hard line. They don't need that right now. They need to be loved and understood and received and then built up, which is exactly what he does here for this lady who's at the point of death, humiliated beyond anything you can imagine, and he builds her up. Um, But the Pharisees, right, this is what Jesus constantly does. And on the third story I get to tonight, I'm going to show you this to a T. He constantly, constantly, constantly rebukes them. Harsh words, words that you've never said before. Put your hand up, honestly, honestly, put your hand up if you've called someone a child of the devil. No one. I thought you guys are following Jesus. Jesus did you children of the devil. Imagine saying that to someone. <laughs> Jesus said that, but isn't he love? Maybe we have the wrong version of love because yeah. he reveals love. We don't, we don't impress our version of love onto him. He shows us what love is. And he's not afraid to upset someone to get at their heart. Because you know how to get at someone who's got a hard heart? A hard word. And hopefully you can catch them in their hypocrisy and they'll get sad talks about this in 2 Corinthians 7. Godly sorrow or godly grief leads to repentance. Paul goes, I wrote these letters to you and I kind of regretted it at first because they were pretty harsh. But you know what? Now I don't regret it any longer because they produced a new repentance because worldly sorrow leads to death, but godly sorrow leads to repentance. I'm glad I spoke harsh to you so it broke down your harsh walls and you came to repentance. That's what he wants to the Pharisees. That's why he calls them a, a brood of snakes. Anyone here call anyone here a snakes? <laughs> we actually have to get to that point. I'm not kidding. Yeah. If Jesus spoke like that, we should be able to speak like that at yeah. the right time. And you should have discernment for, to know when that is, to call someone a snake or a liar to their face.
2: Yeah.
0: See, so I think we've redefined love a little bit to be a little bit too fluffy sometimes. And I'm such yeah. A, yeah. a victim of this. So, I, I, I'm not good at preaching strong sometimes, I'm just a little bit nervous <laughs> to upset people, and people pleaser, you know what I mean? That's pride, so we can't, yeah. I'm gonna get into this more when we get to love. I'm just, this, this is just a, a preview, so consider yourself lucky. I didn't even plan this. <laughs> um, but, um, does that make sense? See, so, so yeah, awesome. and he does it in one sentence, one sentence. Totally you can hear, it. He's, just, he's always in tune with the Spirit. Spirit gives him this one sentence, that he who is about sin, cast the first stone. He convicts all of these guys. He builds her up, saves her, loves her. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. Ah, oh, he's beautiful. Now, did I touch on everything there? Oh, and like like I said, that just shows the law was never, ever God's heart. Did he initiate it? Absolutely. Did he write it? Absolutely. Did he want it? Not ideally. What do he want? Crush his son so you could go free. That's what the life of Jesus reveals. Doesn't want law. Doesn't want rules. Doesn't want you to get punished for doing something wrong. Do you get that here? She's fully guilty. And you guys, like if you guys mess up, you know you're guilty. What's his heart for you? Throw a stone at you? We think that sometimes. You mess up, next day you think, oh, God saw that freaking must be saying to me today. Really? You, you see a different God than I see right here, to be honest. And I'm not saying that justifies your sin at all. It doesn't. Jesus doesn't justify her sin. That's why he says, go and sin no more. Don't do it again. You know what I mean? It's killing you. Can't you see that? Sin destroys a person, and he knows that, and he preaches against that. He goes, neither do I condemn you. And I wonder if she was transformed from this point. Uh, it doesn't say, I don't know. I wonder if she was. She had a real genuine touch of love, like she probably never, never, ever experienced at the point of when she was thinking she was about to die. That does something to people. When you think God's about to do something horrible to you and He just does this amazing grace on you, that changes people. Love changes people like that and they'll never be the same. And that's God. <laughs> that's the God that you serve. Isn't He amazing? Come on. All right, let me just quickly see. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Jesus. All right, flip over to John 20. This is what I was crying about Wednesday, legit. Starting from verse 19. (coughs) Okay. So John 20, obviously it's the end of the book of John. Jesus has started the ministry. He's got 12 dudes running with him. It's been about three years. Um, these dudes were kind of fail. Like every time he tried to teach them something or get them to do something, they kind of, like sometimes they did all right, but for the most part, they were kind of cowardly. cowardly. <laughs> and they like the centurion, you know what I mean? He comes up in one sentence, dominates over, over all them with his faith. Jesus just marvels at him and goes, I can't believe that your faith compared to the entirety of Israel, which includes his disciples. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they, they weren't the pick of the litter. <laughs> they were tradies. I'm not kidding, fishermen. One day equivalent would just be a tradie. Jesus goes out, <laughs> Start a ministry with tradies. Legit. And he goes, On you, Master tradie of the all, Peter, I'm gonna build my church on you. Really? The loudmouth who got it wrong and one time you called him Satan. <laughs> By the way, who here has called anyone Satan? Jesus did. You gotta go on that. <laughs> Legit. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. Um, wow, okay, where was I? Yeah. Peter, I'm going to build my church on you, Peter. Man, he must see something that we don't in people. He must see that once the Holy Spirit fell on him like it did on Peter, that he would be this unstoppable machine, that his shadow was healing people, which is exactly what happened. His shadow was healing people. Imagine me just walking past and you just get healed. That was Peter. Jesus saw that when he called him from the boat three years, three years earlier. Amazing. Um, but at this point, like Jesus has just been crucified and he's, he's been abandoned, he's been spat upon, he's been beaten all by the people he was trying to save. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He's praying for them while they're spitting on him, making fun of him, mocking him, beating him. Says he was beaten worse than anyone ever. You wouldn't be able to recognize him. No chance. The passion of the Christ, you guys seen that? It's probably like significantly worse than that. I'm not kidding. That's what the Bible says. He was beaten beyond, you couldn't even recognize him. He had to be beaten that way because that's how we became, we were so marred from our original identity, how God created us, that God made Jesus like that. He took that and then we, we took his life. Wow, that's next week. I'm gonna get into the gospel next week. So good. Um, yeah, so he's like, he's done nothing but love people, preach the kingdom, preach good news, call people to repentance, call, call them to follow him, done nothing but love people, not giving them what they want but what they need, right? healing people, healing all afflictions, all diseases, then sending out others to do the exact same, driving out demons wherever he went, preaching good news to people, right? And what's the kind of response he gets? Just complete and utter rejection, like speared and thrown on a cross, completely abandoned by all his friends. The one he said, I'm gonna be my church on New Peter. He denies him to a school girl. Legit, she's probably a 12 year old girl. Peter he's afraid of a 12 year old girl. Jesus goes, I'm gonna build my church on you, Peter. (laughs) Wow, Um, wow, okay. (laughs) Holy Spirit must be amazing then, right? Um, Yeah, so that's a bit of the context, right? That's a bit of the backstory. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's met the girls in the garden He's he's seen Mary Magdalene and others, I think. Um, okay, and then I'm gonna read from verse 19. So on, on the evening of that day, John 20:19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Fear of the Jews. They're literally they're in their room, scared that they're gonna get be crucified next. They don't have boldness. They they got nothing. After three years of watching Jesus physically do everything, imagine if we got to do that. That would be incredible. They got to do that. And where are they? Cowering in a room saying, help me God. (laughs) Okay. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, this is where I cried, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now, it's only beautiful when you realize all the things He could have said and what we would have said if we were in, in His shoes. Where were you last week? Didn't I tell you at least seven times that I was going to be killed and raised on the third day, and here you are carrying in a room by yourselves? Are you kidding me? Like He rebuked the disciples plenty of times, right? Why didn't He do it here? And I think He's so excited that there's now peace between God and man, and He can't wait to walk through that door Literally says he walks through the wall, like the doors are locked, and then he appears in the room, crazy. He <coughs> can't wait to get there and go, peace be with you guys. NIV puts the exclamation mark there. You guys got NIV? Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's shouting it. Peace be with you. <laughs> and then he breathes on them and gives them the Holy Spirit. Doesn't go, Peter, where were you, bro? <laughs> you're supposed to be my rock. <laughs> and, you're, and you're afraid of a 12 year old girl. Think of all the things he could have said and what we would have said. Guys, I walked with you for three years. I gave you power and authority. You walked with me. You saw exactly what I did. Are you kidding? And then I told you not to fear. That's like the main thing I told you not to do. What are you doing right now? You're fearing. You're in a room by yourself, fearing, for The Jews, who cares about, oh, why are you so scared of them? Think of all the things he could have said, but what's his heart? Peace be with you. <laughs> and when he meets Mary Magdalene in the garden, I think it's Mary. I could be wrong. Someone correct me if if you know the truth. Um, he goes to her. Go and tell my brethren. Go and tell my brothers. Da da, da, da. I Said something. He didn't say. Go and tell those lying, thieving cowards who are full of fear, who I cannot believe I picked, who have completely abandoned me. Oh, I thought were my friends. To be honest, I thought you guys were my friends. Go and tell them you get here right now I'm going to give you. Da-da-da-da. And what does he say? Peace be with you guys. Peace be with you. You know what he, he says it again. Verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad and, and when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. Just in case you didn't get it the first time. Peace be with you guys. I have made peace between God and man. And peace be with you because you have faith in me. Romans 5.1, you've been justified by faith in the blood of Jesus, right? Peace with you. Peace of God to you. Do you know what God wants for you? Peace. We don't think that. We should. After all that, after all they did, Peace be with you guys. I want you to be at peace. Here you go, here's Holy Spirit, he breathes on them. Just like God did in the garden when he breathed into Adam. He's redoing that, do you get that? He didn't have to breathe. I let mean, he could have said, here, have the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them. You know what I mean? It's, what's he saying? As you were back in the garden, now you are again. Why? Peace with God. You've been made righteous, you've been made whole, you've been born again. Why? They have faith in Him. Were they bold and courageous? No, not yet, they hadn't been clothed with power. They're gonna get there. See, if you had debriefed Jesus' ministry after the cross, you would have been like, what an absolute fail. Every single person there abandoned you. Even your closest 12 abandoned you. You achieved nothing. In fact, you're dead. (laughs) And nothing of you lives on. Was Jesus worried? No. Why? He knew the Holy Spirit was going to come. He goes, I can't send him until I'm gone, until I'm glorified and lifted up. Then I can send him. Did he have faith in his disciples or did he have faith in the encounter they were about to receive and knowing the effect that will produce because they had faith? see what I mean? See, when it looks like it's the worst, it's usually the best in the kingdom. When it's like everything looks like it's absolutely completely the end. (laughs) Jesus on the cross being spat upon, being killed, everyone else abandoned him. God's like, yeah, this is good. It's my plan. Fuck so good. And he even says in verse 26, a fair bit down again, peace be with you, just in case you didn't get it third time, peace be with you. What does God want for you? Say it. Peace. 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 So good. Um, and then I'm not gonna read this part, but the next chapter is really cool as well. You know, he goes back to the beach where he first met this bunch of tradies and they're fishing again. And once again, he tells him, uh, Peter to cast the net over the right hand side and he'll pull up and they end up pulling up 153 fish, right? They, they, and they go, oh, it's Jesus, and they come in from the from in from the water. Do you know what Jesus got for them there? He's made breakfast. He makes a fire. He's cooking some fish. He's like, guys, come sit down with me. Oh my gosh, that's God. Do you guys realize God wants to have breakfast with you? No one thinks about that, do they? <laughs> It's just got this fire waiting for them. Come on guys, come sit down and let's have breakfast together. After all that, after all that ministry. Why? Because peace is there now. He did what he, what, what, came, what he came to do, right? What's there left to do? Just enjoy you guys. Have breakfast. That's his heart and have breakfast. That's it, come on. Jesus loves food, I reckon. Why else would we love food? <laughs> I mean, his image. <laughs> you guys realize there's gonna be a huge feast in heaven, right? Better food than you can even freaking imagine. And food's amazing here. So I'm just like, I don't even know what that's going to be like. Seriously. Wow. And then the next little bit, right? Yeah, the verse 12 of 21. Come and have breakfast, he says. I don't know, I just feel like saying, you're, you're a sweetheart, Jesus. I don't know, he's so sweet at this point, you know? Other times he calls people snakes and stuff, but here he's like, no, let's just, let's just have breakfast together. <laughs> oh, he's cute. <laughs> um Um, in the next little section right, from 15 onwards okay so Peter has denied Jesus three times, you guys know that story right do you think do you think Peter knows that Jesus knows that of course (laughs) do you think Peter knows that Jesus knows that Peter knows that sorry if that's confusing yeah and what does he say Bro, where were you? Are you serious? Three times? Are you kidding me? You were my number one dude. Wow, you fully let me down, man. Pathetic. I'm gonna go build my rock on John now, because you just <laughs> completely let it slip. Did you say that? What about when we feel guilty? Do we think, do we think he talks to us like that when we're feeling guilty? Like when you know, when you know you've done something wrong. Does, is God just like sitting up in heaven? Are you serious? You've been a Christian for how long? 15 years? Wow. I actually gave you a sermon on this topic last week and then you still messed up. Are you kidding me? We think he talks like that. Do you know who that is? The enemy? Guilt, shame, condemnation. Guilt, shame, condemnation. But there is no condemnation in Jesus, right? Does Jesus model that here? Absolutely. I'm going to show you. He goes, verse 15, Simon, son of John, this is, chapter 21 by the way Simon son of John do you love me more than these? he said to him yes Lord you know that I I love you he goes feed my lambs he said to him a second time Simon son of John do you love me? he said to him Lord yes Lord you know that I love you he said to him tend my sheep he said to him the third time Simon son of John do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time do you love me? he said to him Lord you know everything you know that I love you And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus didn't go, whenever you repent and get on your knees, then that's when I'll forgive you. He just goes, okay, you did mess up, but where's your heart at now? And Peter goes, I love you. And he goes, where's your heart? I love you. Where's your heart? See, the three wrongs, he righted it three times. Did he make Peter do anything? Did he make him like, and penance for his sins did he make him come down and beg for forgiveness no he goes where's your heart at now and that's so good because when you mess up where's your heart at do you want him because that's the most important thing and you go but nath i was a christian when i did that i i knew what i was doing when i did that da, 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 da. yeah but do you want him do you want him do you love him your heart will know if you don't care i'll be able to tell as well if you don't care then you're probably not saved. But if you care, I'd say it's very good evidence that you are saved. You guys know what I'm saying? Jesus just goes, Do you love me? That's an important thing for you guys to get. Where's your heart at with God? That actually determines whether you're okay. Both in yourself and how he sees you. That makes sense? We're gonna get into this more in a few weeks, I promise, because I know there's lots of questions that come up with this stuff, but... Yeah, all right. Um, so good. Okay, last one. Flip over to John 8 again. <coughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, verse 12. I'm going to do a lot of reading here, but it's good. Okay, so this is straight after that story we just read about the woman, right? And he's speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes and all those guys, right? Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Keep, as, I'm, as I'm reading this, look for the things that he says to them about them. That's what you got to look for. Verse 13, so the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free highlight that they answered him we are offspring of abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone how is it that you say you will become free jesus answered them truly truly i say to you everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin the slave does not remain in the house forever the son remains forever so if this if the son sets you free you'll be free indeed hallelujah i know that you are offspring of abraham yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Lowercase f. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, you will be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Highlight that. The Jews said to him, But I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Whoa, that was crazy. Um, How crazy is that passage? It's literally back and forth the whole time. Like you get to see how man thinks and you get to see how God thinks. It's, I don't know any other passage like that in all of scripture where it's back and forth, back and forth. Like John goes so intimately into detail in his gospel. He picks up on all these little conversations, but they show so much of Jesus. Do you, know, do you guys know what I'm saying? Now, the reason I read that out, remember I'm trying to prove to you that God is love, right? And God is good and Jesus is good. That's what I'm trying to prove. Like that John 8 with the, with the woman, he was about to sin, cast the first stone. You could see how he was good there, right? Now, in John 20, you could see how he's good. Peace be with you. You could see how excited he was. But I'd be doing a disservice if I only read the good, fluffy, nice stories, right? Because then I'd be ignoring all the parts where he says hectic stuff like this. But if God is good, there must be a reason why he's saying this stuff, right? If he's love, he must have a reason for saying all this pretty hectic stuff. Now, I wrote this down as I read this out yesterday. Um, This is what he says (laughs) of those guys he was just chatting to, all in that one section. And keep in mind as I'm reading this out, think about if you've said these to anyone because we are called to follow Jesus and so you're going to have to get to a place where you're going to be okay saying this stuff because we've got to break people pleasing off. It's killing us. We're going to tiptoe around the gospel for the rest of our lives and never actually preach truth. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying be harsh to everyone. That's another trap you can fall into. I'm saying have both like Jesus did. Be soft to those who need soft and be harsh to those who need harsh. You got Parents, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? There's a, there's a time when you need to be harsh with the children. There's no way around it. If you're soft with them, it's actually not gonna work. It's actually gonna make them go the other way. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna cater to their every whim and that you're not gonna train them to grow up into an adult. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need a harsh, hard word to your heart. It's the only way that you can actually break down your hard heart. Do you know what I mean? Jesus goes, if you have ears to hear, then like let him hear. You know what I mean? Someone who, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. The only reason you cannot have ears to hear is if you have a hard heart. You'll hear everything I'm saying and you'll pick up only on the negative things. You'll find all the Bible verses why while I'm saying is wrong. You know what I mean? I've chatted to lots of people. I know when they don't listen to me. <laughs> And I know when I'm not listening to them because I'm hard hearted about a certain issue that I'm insecure about. Yeah. You know what I mean? When someone has a hard heart, you've got to give a strong word. Please, let's be a community who's bold enough to say that. Yeah. Say a harsh word to someone that needs it. All right, this is what Jesus said. Think, of you, think if you've said this to anyone in your whole life. You may or may not have. Verse 15, he goes, You judge according to the flesh. Verse 19 55, You don't know God. <laughs> <laughs> that's hectic anyone said you don't know God to anyone yeah you don't know God far out he's heavy verse 21 he says this three times you will die in your sin you will die in your sin um, verse 21 again you can't come with me to heaven anyone said that to anyone <laughs> you can't come with me to heaven oh <laughs> it. if we're supposed to follow Jesus we've got to be able to say that at the right time, to the right people. You understand what I'm saying? It's, I'm not saying it's easy. Like our culture breeds the exact opposite kind of person. Yeah. Very politically correct, yeah. not saying anything to offend anyone. Yeah. You gotta know the right thing to say at all times. Should make anyone upset, oh, it's, uh, it's all over. Someone's offended, someone's, someone's lost the plot. Like Jesus would have been, oh my goodness, he would have offended so many people if he was in our day. He'd be on like the news, he'd be people were writing articles around him. I cannot believe what this guy he thinks this, he believes this, da 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 da. da. Of course he would be. So they did back then. So if they're not doing that about you. You're not following Jesus in that regard. Like Jesus told me this a few months ago. He was like, Nath, you you don't have the harshness that I have. When was the last time you went into a temple and flipped over all the money coins? <laughs> I mean wow. all the money coins, the the tables. Right. You know what I mean? I was like. And he, then he goes, when, when was the last time you, you made a whip? <laughs> and then drove people out of a house. I did that. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so far from Jesus right now. I've never even considered whipping so- someone. <laughs> Sorry, he wasn't really whipping someone, he probably just whipping the air. Don't, I'm not saying he's hurting people. What I'm saying is, he's being hectic. He's being full on. Like, I cannot believe you're doing this. You know what I'm saying? He didn't say he found a whip. That's the funniest thing. It says he said he made a whip. So he sat on the ground, drawing things together. It's like, oh, just, oh, and then he gets up and he's like, oh, get out of here. That's, that's God. And, that, and he's good. Remember? Remember that he's good? So what he did there must have been a really good thing. Injustice. Destroy. <coughs> sorry. Destroying injustice a Really good thing. There's a part of God's character, that's not just all fluffy, airy, whatever. You've got to be strong sometimes, you've got to just say it how it is. Yeah. Awesome, I'll keep reading. Um, verse 34 He goes, You're a slave. 38, 41, four, uh, 44, You're a son of the devil. That one's the most hectic of them all. You're a son of the devil. 44 and 55, You're murderers and liars. Man. He either needs to learn some manners or he's onto something here, right? Because you don't say this in society. If you say this, you're going to get killed. So no wonder he got killed, right? Anyway, and then again, verse 47, you are not of God. Now, I've kind of already spoken about this. So I won't go too into depth of it, but that is love. Like you, you got to see Jesus, God is love, right? We don't define love. He defines love by his life lived through Jesus. So when you see anything that He does, I promise you that's love. Don't, don't bring your own agenda of what love is because society will lead you to a different definition. It always does. It does not know Him. It can't, it can't know what love is because it doesn't know Him and He is love. Does that make sense? Jesus is love. So there's a place for you to get to, to say this stuff. Seriously, I'm growing in it. I've not, I've not called anyone a son of the devil yet. I plan on it though. Legit, I'm following Jesus. I don't care what anyone thinks. <laughs> I, I love them too much to see them perish without knowing about Jesus. You know what I mean? When you, when you love someone that much, it really doesn't matter like what you have to say. You know what I mean? Because who cares what their response is? Really, who cares? You know what I mean? Um, he's so good. He's so, he's so loving and so good. He genuinely has given up his social status. He does not care at all what people think of him. He could care less what the news says about him. Let's just say someone here gets like super famous one day and there's like a, a hectic like news story on them. If Jesus was the center of that story, he would not care. Why? He cares about people. <laughs> He's not caring about his social image how many likes he's getting you got to lay that stuff down guys like it's yeah. it's not good jesus would care less about how many likes he got you know what i mean how much engagement he got or even for me how many people came to teaching night like it justifies my ministry i don't care i don't care i care about honoring his word i care about that so much i care about saying it how it is and offend- i i care about like loving you and I care about seeing good come to you, freedom come to you, even if it's five years from now. And you go, you know what? I hated you when you said that, Nath. So glad you did because it really stuck with me. And five years later they go, I want to come to know Jesus. Sweet, that's awesome. But you, they, you have to deal with five years of hate. You get that, right? Mm-hmm. You got to deal with that. You got to be okay with that. People are going to hate you. They hated Jesus. <laughs> I was reading uh, that thing I said I read today, right? He goes. If they call the master Beelzebub, which is like a demon name back in the day, if they call me a demon, how much more are they going to call you that? My followers. You're probably going to be called demonic as you follow Jesus, just so you know, he was too. <laughs> like I just read in that chapter, right? John 8. They go, now we know you have a demon because da-da-da-da-da-da. It's always demonic. If they can't fit it in their scope of what God is like, it has to be demonic. I used to think that way too. When I thought like, people just like frothing on Jesus and like going after healing. I was like, oh, it's probably just demonic. Gotta rebuke them. I did 100% thought that. Cause I couldn't deal with my own insecurity about like those sort of topics. I didn't know about healing. I didn't know about um, the goodness of God like, I, like he's shown me now. You know what I mean? See how good he is that he doesn't care. He's so good. He, he's so good that he'll tell you what you need to hear regardless of your reaction to him. He's just not up there being like oh Ellie's really upset with me today because I said this one thing to her and like I, I died in the cross for her Doesn't she even know that and like I just want to hang out with her But now she's being really mean to me and she's not talking to me anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh God is not like that God, God will say something harsh to you if you need it But if you don't need it, he'll say something really soft to you. It's, it's about he's about you. He's about your heart He wants what's good for you. He wants to build you up Sometimes it's a harsh word to cut you down so you get sad and repent, change the, way, change the way that you think and then he can build you back up again. Sometimes it's an encouraging word, you know what I mean? See, see how his harshness is actually a goodness? Just like, a parent's, like a, a parent's harshness when you're growing up, right? when you're getting smacked when you're a three year old, you have zero scope for what is going on right now. All you know is that for some reason this person who's normally nice to me has turned against me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate them, I'm no longer their friend, I am da 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 da. You know what I mean? They have zero scope for what God's doing. Uh, Sorry, the parent's doing. But in the same way about God, right? If he molds you through discipline, which we need sometimes, you know what I mean? We should have a a bigger scope for that, that he knows the bigger picture. And he's so good that he's not going to be offended when you're upset with him. Mm. He's so good that when you swear at him and you say horrible things to him, he's not hurt. He's hurt because he wants more for you but he's not hurt because he's like oh that really cut my heart do not you know that I'm God you know what I mean so he's so about love that he cares more about where you're at you know what I mean like Todd Wyatt and Dan stuff, Dan Muller and stuff like they, they say this stuff and I love it it's hectic when you start thinking about it but that they go if I ever walked in on my wife with another man I promise you I would be more sad about what the state of her heart than what she's done to me now that's a place of power so you're so not caring about how other people make you feel yeah. that you're able to see them for who they are. Yeah. And you see past your own hurt, your own blindness, and you go, you're really lost right now.
1: But Nate, what happens if that person will still need you later on but you've lost them because of what you've said? Or, is it, or maybe is it that the person doesn't need you anymore after you?
0: Yeah. Well... That's why I think we do need discernment. We need Holy Spirit on this stuff because sometimes if you give a harsh word to someone, they will walk the other way and they'll never come back. And like, to be honest, that's not your fault. Like everyone can make their own decisions. Like the prodigal son never had to come back, right? But the father waits out there for him to come back. You know what I mean? It's about discernment. It's about going, no, you you know what? You know this is wrong. You know you should be living for Jesus. You're actually putting up with that sin when you know you should stop it. And I'm going to give you a harsh word right now because you need it and I don't care if it makes you cry. Like my brother was hanging out with a, a friend a few weeks ago and they were like sort of confessing stuff, just sexual stuff and whatever. And he goes, you're not saved. Legit. To their face. And they were bawling because they were cut to the heart. They were like, no, like, I, I still believe in Jesus. I still... Da, 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 da. No. <laughs> because if you did, you wouldn't be doing this stuff and then making excuses for it. You would at the very least be upset that you keep on doing it and it's an accident. Or not an accident, but you don't know how to get out of it. See, see how it's the heart there, you know what I mean? I'm I'm like, I was super like encouraged by that because he had the boldness to lose a friendship, potentially, to save the soul. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Potentially. If, if it's done in the right way and there's a lot of prayer behind it, you don't actually lose the friendship. Absolutely, that's the, that's the dream situation where you actually can, through Holy Spirit, because he brings conviction, cut them to the heart. That's what it says in Acts uh, two, right? When Peter preaches, 3,000 people get saved, right? But before that, they go, they were cut to the heart. And they, and they yelled out, what do we do? Like, I imagine they were probably crying because they realized that they killed the Son of God. The worst thing you could ever do as a human. <laughs> you know what I mean? They realized that they did that and they were cut to the heart. So that's where you, went, that's where you want to get a, a harder, harder person to. A place of, ah, oh, such a Must hate me, and like they might be thinking wrong things, but at the very least, they're now softened to be led in the right direction. Because you cannot lead a hard-hearted person in the right; it's impossible. Mm. That's that's what happened to me. I was hard-hearted towards people in my life that were manifesting God in amazing ways. Hard-hearted towards them, I couldn't hear what they were saying. They would say stuff to me, and I'd be like, "Yeah, but this, but blah 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 blah." just make up all these excuses. Mm. Then I had my own hard stuff come into my life, and I, like I've told you guys before and I felt like I kind of lost my relationship with God. And you know what that did? It was a bad thing, but it softened me because I, I, I pulled my walls down. I was like, you know what, I just need God, man. And when you get to that point, you're just like, I just need God. Oh, it's such a powerful place to be. You know what I mean? Because he can finally move on your heart. That sadness is a really good place to be, you know what I mean? So can you see, see Jesus' goodness in his in this harshness, his harsh goodness? Can you see how him, like, you guys go read this. you want to read his absolute harshest places, go read Matthew 23. It's the seven woes, it's called. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. He basically calls them hypocrites for an entire chapter almost. It's a public, it's a public sermon as well. He's not, he's not talking to them. He's preaching it to other people. He goes, be wary of the Pharisees and the scribes. When was the last time I did that? If I'm gonna teach like Jesus, I have to be able to do that. Call someone out. Call a group of people out in love that they will be caught in their own hypocrisy and people wouldn't be led astray by them. There's a godly place to do that. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have modeled it. You guys know what I'm saying? Awesome. Um, So, 8.45, that's cool. Oh yeah, this is actually a proverb that I found to back up what I'm saying. Actually, yeah, probably highlight this. I'll write this one down. Proverbs 27, five to six. It's really good. They're all good, but this one's just particularly good. Proverbs 27, five to six. Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. <laughs> Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses. Now, better is a rebuke than hidden love. Let's say you see someone doing something wrong and you go, oh, that shouldn't be, but you're too scared to say something. I'd say say that's what it's talking about. That's the hidden love. Better is for you to just openly go out, risk your own social agenda and your social status and whatever people think of you, risk losing all your friends, risk being ostracized and shut out of a community, risk all of that to go, that's not cool, man. Jesus, da 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 da. Better is that than you keeping it in your heart. Way better. Like Brad Brad Keys is an incredible example of this. Hit the guy wants to be rebuked. He can't wait for the next rebuke because all he wants is Jesus. Mm. You know what he's like, Ellie. He's just like. Uh, there's been a couple of times where I actually like. I think maybe two, once or twice where I was actually like, bro, I think. Da, 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 and I actually kind of pulled him up on something like, I was still a little bit like oh please don't hate me <laughs> but he was like bro thank you so much oh my gosh yeah yeah Jesus and I was like that was the easiest thing ever and like not everyone's going to react like Brad like he seriously just wants Jesus so much that he'll just he goes searching for rebukes he just wants to know what he's doing wrong you know what I mean um, but yeah like it's, it's good you know what I mean it's good, good to rebuke in the right heart for the sake of the other person. Don't be led by any other motive, you know what I mean? Try and prove a point or try and make yourself feel better. I don't know, whatever. Um, and then the next part, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So wounds, like when a friend wounds you, like in love going, bro, you know what? That was totally uncool what you said, to be honest. like That was really out of line. I reckon you really offended her and like she's super upset. Like." To be honest, you better go and apologize. Like that that's kind of that's something our friend would say. Whereas an enemy just goes, no, nah, I think what you said was alright, man. Like she'll think about it, she'll be alright. Just see? An enemy kisses, right? Just says, no, nah, it's alright, it's fine, it's good, like, don't worry about it. A friend's willing to go, no, nah, I'll risk the friendship for your sake. I'll risk what you think of me for your sake. Mm. That's what God's like. Wow. Um, now, I was going to. Yeah, I was going to, like I said last week, I wanted to teach on Job and um, Paul's thorn because those are two things that come up consistently about, oh, but if God's good, then how can you explain, da 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 da, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I was also going to put out there does anyone have questions about anything I've said so far? About, well, if God's good, how come he did this and how come he did that? Like, just lay it out. Just anything. I'm gonna, like, if no one's got questions, I'll just start teaching on Job. <laughs> and as I teach on it, you got a question?
2: I don't, I don't
1: really know how to put it, but like, He yeah, said, if you sin, um, it's not about where you were then, but where you are now. Yeah, totally. So doesn't that mean the only thing you really
0: have to do is accept that you sinned, but you don't forget about it, you just accept it? Yeah, totally. Like you don't, you don't justify that you did it. You don't make excuses for it. You don't say, oh, but well, I was thinking this back then. You go, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. And you ch- you, like repentance means to change the way you think. Like the Greek word is metanoia, have a change of mind. It's not get down on your knees and go, God, please, 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 please. It's change how you're thinking. You know, you know what? That wasn't cool. That I, I, I shouldn't have done that. That's what God wants. He wants repentance. He wants actual life change, not you doing a method of, oh, please forgive me. Am I forgiven? Yes, thank you. You know what I mean? So take
1: the lessons it. Really. Sorry? Take the lessons of
0: really. it. Um, well, I mean. like you said before, about it's more about where you're at now. I think that gives evidence, the fact that you, your heart has been made pure because you, you actually heard about it. You're actually sad about it. The most important thing is that you get sad about your sin, I reckon. You go, you know what? That sucks. Yeah. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. And that proves that you have changed the way that you think, that you are repentant, that you are forgiven and you are made righteous and you are holy and you are blameless, you know what I mean? Like, is Let's it? Be honest with this so. Yeah, totally. But I, I'm gonna get more into this, especially next week and the next a few weeks after that. Um, Ben's gonna share his testimony as well in a few weeks, which I'm super excited about because like it's a big topic for you. Um, but yeah, does that make sense? Like, I don't want to go too into depth about this right now because it's totally like, makes sense, yeah. yeah, sweet, awesome. That's the thing about Peter, right? He was like, got, like, do you love me, Peter? And he was like, yeah, I do, I genuinely do. It's like, well, I think we're sweet then, right? If, if he didn't, if he was like, no, nah, I don't. Like, I, I don't care about sin. I'm just going to walk my own life. It's like, well, you're not repentant then. You know what I mean? But yeah, does that make sense? I know there's all these questions coming about this stuff, but I promise we'll get more into that as we keep going. Um, yeah, anyone else have questions? Does anyone wonder about Job and stuff? <laughs> I, I do. I still do. I'm glad to teach it, and I still wonder about it. Anyone about Paul Thorn? What the what, what deal was with that? <laughs> yeah? Is that, is that, is it, should I even teach on this or should I not? Yeah. Like, yeah. you sure?
3: That's what bring up all the
0: time. Yeah, true. Mm. I just wanna know if that's what everyone, is anyone, does everyone know about that? Like, does everyone, does everyone know about Job? Like the story of Job and all that? No? When you don't know about that, that's right.
2: They when they talk about this stuff, yeah. go, what about Job?
0: Yeah, what about Job, yeah. Mm. seems like we define the whole Bible through Job sometimes. It's like, well, God did this in Job, so therefore he must be da 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 It's like, okay, there's a lot more to it than that, but... Mm. All right, um, no more questions? No more nothing? Sweet. Um, all right, slip open to Job 1 then. Job's in the Old Testament in the wisdom section. The wisdom section is Job, Proverbs, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, all the wisdom literature. Job chapter one. Now, before I start even teaching on Job, I'm gonna have a bit of a disclaimer. I don't know everything about this book. I have not studied it in depth. I cannot explain every single verse to you. I think I do know the whole thing. And do you know, I mean, sorry, the, not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do know the general gist is what I should have said. I think the overall theme of it. I can't explain everything, I haven't studied it. Like, it's a big book, it's got a lot of stuff in there, right? I don't know everything of it. But I do know the general gist of it. And do you know how I know it? Take a guess, take a step. Yeah, but, go again. Huh? You read it. Again, yes it's true, but. But you
1: did read
0: it. I did, but of course. Anyone? When someone asks me a question, what do I usually go to? Life of Jesus. Jesus. So do we define God through the life of Job or do we find God through the life of Jesus? (coughs) Life Life of Jesus, right? So I know what God is like. It's already established. The Son's come. Like, He's there. He's spoken. It's done. It's over. The book's written. No more books. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's done. So when you go back and you read Job, you don't go, I'm just going to read it from the very beginning to see what happens, and then redefine my picture of God. No, you already know what God looks like through Jesus, right? So, all right, let's just read with me. Um, This is a crazy book, by the way. It's crazy. Um, Job chapter one, verse one. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright. Highlight blameless and upright. One who feared God and turned away from evil. They were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He's rich. And very many servants. So this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them. He would, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings, according to the number of them all. For Job said... It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan. I don't know what that means. Also came, uh, and Satan also came among them. Uh, the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord, and maybe highlight this as well, from going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and has his house and his house and all that he has on every side? See how he's accusing him and God. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and there came a messenger to Job and said, the oxen were ploughing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you while he was yet speaking, there came another, and the fire of God uh, and, sorry, and said, and the, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep. And the servants cons- and sorry, and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, "The, Ch- the Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck them down." So I struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another, and said, "Most hectic of them all, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking in wine in their oldest brother's house, and behold, a great wind came." Across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job rose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, "Naked, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord." In all this, Job did not did not sin or charge God with wrong. Now you can see why there's questions about this book, right? because what it seems like happening from the very beginning is that Satan comes up to God and God goes, hey Satan, where have you come from? And he goes, I've been roaming the whole earth. And he goes, cool, have you considered my servant Job? Now God pointed Job out, not Satan. He goes, have you considered him? Why don't fully know, like, like I said, there's stuff in Job I don't completely understand, but anyway, keep moving. He points him out, Satan goes, does Job fear God for no reason? So that's kind of the point of Satan's attack on him, right? He's trying to prove that he doesn't actually love you, God. He loves what you've done for him. He loves the stuff that you've given him, the family he's got. Why wouldn't he love you? Like, it's, it'd be crazy not to. You've given him so much stuff. But as soon as you stretch out your hand, God, and take it all away, he's going to curse you to his face, right? To your face. And then the Lord goes, Behold, all of it is in your hands only against him do not stretch out your hand right now the next section is all the horrible things that happen this crazy stuff happens like he, all his animals get slaughtered all his riches go uh, in high, like that's all his wealth right all his animals he's going to be completely poor and have no food then all his children get destroyed they all get they all die in a, in a horrible accident like it's hectic right now the question is Did God allow that to happen? Now, Because you can kind of see from the very beginning, it's not God doing it, right? Because Satan's the one who came to God and is the one accusing Job. And the funny thing is, all the people in this book, see, we, we get the behind the scenes perspective of what's going on in the spiritual realm. Job doesn't, right? All of his servants don't. All of his friends don't. And so what do they do? They assume God is doing this to him. Does that makes sense? Also consider, they don't have a revelation of the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy yet. Remember that came in the New Testament. Jesus revealed not only God, but also revealed who the enemy was. You really don't get much of a clear picture of who Satan is in the Old Testament. It's very difficult to figure out. You know there's something going on, but there's honestly not a lot of scripture on it. It's almost entirely in the New Testament. There are sections, I do agree, but for the most part, they don't know that there's a spiritual element to this right now here's here's the here's the kicker for me like this is the verse that determines it all verse 12 right and the lord said to satan behold all that he has is in your hand only against him do not stretch out your hand now when he said behold what happened at that point did God in his administrative role of sovereign over the universe go, you know what? I have been protecting Job and I'm going to lift that protection off of him and give it all to you just to see if he still blesses me. Did he do that? No, I don't think so either. Most people say, yes, he did. I personally don't. Do you know why? Life of Jesus. (laughs) See, God doesn't contradict himself and Jesus revealed who the Father was. Is there any place where Jesus is walking through his life and he just l- gives them over to Satan? but isn't that the
1: same thing as he's, we've always been told that Satan's got power over the earth? Hmm. So isn't, could, couldn't we, I don't know,
0: That's guessing. completely what I agree with, yeah. yeah.
1: Couldn't that just be God stating the obvious? Yes. Rather than saying, okay, he is yours to take now because Already
0: it. Exactly. So yeah. that's exactly what I'm trying to say. When he says, Behold, no, that's so good, Cathy. I love that you said that. When he says, Behold, do you know what behold means? Look. 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 All that he has is in your hand. Yeah. It's not, Look, here you go, do whatever you want with him. It's, Look, to be honest, humans chose you as their God. You are actually now the prince of the power of the air. That's what they call them in the New Testament. You actually, it actually says the God of this world in First uh, Corinthians, I think it is, or Second Corinthians. Mm-hmm. He's the God of this world. Satan is, lowercase g though. That's what the Bible says about Satan. He's the God over this world.
1: So everything that Job had, had already been given to him by Satan?
0: I don't think that no. because I don't think Satan is going around blessing people with prosperity and whatever. I think God blessed him. And especially you know that because at the end of Job, God comes back down after the entire thing is ended. By the way, I think the whole book of Job is over like a few weeks. It ain't long. It's pretty short. It seems like it goes on for years. It's not very long. God comes at the end. So this is what I think. God gets his way at the beginning of of Job and the end of Job. But in the middle, it's kind of Satan's playground and human wisdom and human thinking, human rationale. God comes at the end, what does he do? Blesses Job with everything Double what he had before. Did God take all that stuff away so he could just bless him again with double? So you've got to, you've got to think clearly about this. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to see clearly about God's heart here. Less, worry less about specifically what is happening here and go, what is God's desire in this? Because I don't get all the spiritual warfare. I don't. The Bible is not exactly particular at what's going on. When when you pray for someone, like, okay, there's stories like this, right? Um, Four people are lined up and they all have the exact same disease, right? And you pray the same prayer over all of them and three get healed and one dies. What happened? Like, that actually happened a lot. And you know what? I don't have a single clue what the answer is. And I'm learning to care a lot less about that because I just need to trust God and trust that there's stuff going on that I have no idea about. And Job is part of that for me. Because there's stuff going on in the spiritual realm that I have zero clue about. But what I do know is who God is. Why? The life of Jesus. I'm just hammering that into you guys. you, You can only see God through Jesus. You know what I mean? Now, look at this. Verse 16. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, "'The fire of God fell from heaven "'and burned up the sheep, and the servants and consume them and I alone have escaped to tell you. Was it the fire of God? You sure? Because this guy was pretty convinced. And in fact, God does send fire against Sodom and Gomorrah, right? So maybe Satan is trying to frame God? See, it's not just that Satan is trying to destroy Job, he's trying to make God look like the bad guy to Job. And does he succeed in that? Actually, pretty much yeah. Job doesn't sin the entire time of um, the book of Job, I don't believe, although God does show up at the end and rebuke him. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think he's actually going, God is evil. But what I think Job thinks is, God has brought this on me. And you know what his friends do? (laughs) They go, you must have hidden sin in your life. That's what they all think. There's no way God would bring this upon you because they they don't have even a clue about who Satan is. They don't even have a a range for it. All they know is God is real. That's all they know. So all their answers come out of their own human wisdom. And God shows up at the end, rebukes Job, rebukes his three friends and says, basically just challenges Job. He's like, okay, if you wanna talk to me like that, let's talk. Where were you when I created the world? And he says all these hectic things, challenging Job. And at the end, Blesses him with double. Yeah. Do you
3: think a were where he like um, demands for God to reveal
1: Himself and explain Himself? Would you consider that sin or not really?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Me, me, me personally, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he had evil intent in his heart. Yeah. Like if he was like explain yourself to me, you pathetic da 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 da, I'd be like yeah that's horrible. But if he was like God, I just want to know, like what happened. Yeah. And you know what? He never knows. God never yeah. just doesn't tell him. God doesn't say, you know what? It was Satan. And God full on basically takes the rap. <laughs> he doesn't care what anyone thinks about him in terms of like, he's not offended. Do you know what I mean? Of course, he thinks what he cares what you think about him. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
3: the other thing I, was, I, I just always think when I read this yeah. is
0: like, God just so easily, oh, not even God, but Satan. So, like, the whole book's focus is joe yeah but the first thing that you read in the whole book is that he has all these offspring and they just get killed it's,
3: and that's it's just the so most hectic part it's
0: like
3: don't touch job and i'm just like Dad's so loving and then it's just like satan just kills everyone yeah
0: like, yeah that's the stuff i don't, I, so stuff I don't understand like, yeah i don't get it i don't get the spiritual warfare i don't get what's going on in the spiritual realm but all i know is god is love yeah because it's Jesus that's all I know you know what I mean I just keep my life like I said to you guys last week I keep my life so simple like you can get on the wrong path up here thinking about all this stuff being like well maybe Job did this maybe because he didn't break off this generational curse he let this thing into his life and that's how Satan was able to da-da-da. it's just like maybe I don't know but like Jesus like that's honestly my answer to everything you know what I mean like I don't I don't have another answer Jesus is my answer to literally everything it's just the most simple way to live life for sure <laughs> Um yeah.
1: Do you think, like, that's so, That's part of the package of faith there, like, we don't understand what's going on, Yeah. and like, we Completely. might question God, and, and like, it's our humanistic understanding, like, we might say that's evil, or whatever, or just we don't understand why we can let that happen, or yeah. something, but yeah. maybe at the end of the day, like, even with spiritual warfare, we just have to say, okay, we don't get it, because we're human, we're not God, we don't mm. have that knowledge, um, you know, that part of wisdom that we just don't get it. So yeah. that is the part that
0: we have to exercise in our faith that says, yeah, yeah I've got nothing but to trust you. And yeah, completely. I, I totally think that that's a, a valid thing in as much as it is not revealed through Jesus. Yeah. So if Jesus goes, I came to give you life and life to the full and the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, well, then you can no longer say anything about God that he comes to steal, kill and destroy. They kind of say, oh, it's just a mystery. He took, he took your, your mother in a car accident. No, no, no. J- Jesus said that he, he doesn't do that. He said that was the enemy. Do you know what I mean? So I get that there's an element, element of like leaving some mystery to God. Like how else would you trust him if there's no mystery? If you get everything, you don't even need Holy Spirit. If you can read this whole Bible and get how to live exactly how He's supposed to live, you don't even need Holy Spirit anymore. Because it's supposed to be a relationship, right? It's supposed to be trust. Like faith, my first sermon on tru- uh, faith. It's just trusting in God. And so if there's no element of like a challenge against your spiritual welfare, all that sort of stuff, there's nowhere that you can trust God. But I'm gonna put a big asterisk on that and say, I'll only say that's true in regards to what has not been revealed through the life of Jesus. And he made most of it pretty obvious, that he brings life and he destroys death. You know what I mean? He drives out demons, he doesn't give demons to people. He doesn't give, doesn't give your life over to the hands of the enemy to test you and watch what you do. He doesn't do that. He drives Satan away, continually, through his whole life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, f- I fully get what you mean and there's, there's definitely an element to that um, where you need to trust God. But yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> good question, I like that. Um, because that's what most people do, is that they go, no, the whole thing's a mystery You know what I mean? I go, I can't agree with that because Jesus testified to something different. (coughs) You know what I mean? Like the vibe of the New Testament is no longer that there's mystery, but mostly that the mystery has been revealed through Christ. Mostly. Like there's still stuff that I don't get, for sure. Like Paul's like, I still don't know it all. I'm still pressing on. I still just want to know him more, right? This is Paul. But for the most part, life of Jesus. (laughs) Does that make sense? I know it's getting late, guys. Um, Anyone have any questions? More questions?
3: Have we established yet that we believe that God allows mothers to die in car
2: accidents, etc.,
0: etc.? Yeah, so what what I taught on last week is that I absolutely do not believe, believe in that at all. You don't? No. Yeah, and Does I, that
2: make him
3: less sovereign?
0: Then? Well, it doesn't make him less sovereign. It just changes the perspective on, on sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not yeah, he's in charge, absolutely. He's just not in control, I don't believe. As in, like, he could call this thing off in one moment. <laughs> in that sense, he's in control. But, like, through the revelation of Jesus, I would say that God is not sovereignly planning out all these things. You know what I mean? Like, let's say, God forbid, you're going home tonight, like, and one of you gets sexually assaulted on the way home like if, if, if we're agreeing with that idea of God's sovereignty that everything that happens is his will, to some extent you have to kind of say like God intended for that to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just like, I can't, I cannot reconcile that at all with the image that I have that Jesus represents. Do you know what I mean? I, I get this is going against a lot of what people have been taught and that's exactly what happened in Jesus' time too. So we should expect that this is gonna happen. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying everything I'm saying is right, like go search it out for yourself 100%. And I used to believe exactly what you're saying for many, many years and defended it myself. But I realized the, the thought pattern caused death in me and it drove me away from God, not to Him.
2: And allowing it is not the
3: same as willing
0: it. I agree, but yeah, I, I don't wanna go over and just repeat everything I said last week, but it's, it's all on there if you wanna give it a listen. But yeah, I'm I'm not comfortable in any way saying God allowed it because it's kind of a cheaper way of saying He wanted it to happen. You know what I mean? Um, Maybe we can chat later if you want. Yeah, but I get this. That's what I said last week. This is a hectic, controversial topic. Maybe the most controversial topic of them all in Christianity. But right thinking about this will bring you lots of freedom. Do you know what I mean? We may may not even get it all, but um. Yeah, Jesus. Look, I am gonna. I was going to teach the rest of Joe, but it's getting pretty late and stuff. So does anyone have any last, final questions, comments, qualms? No? Do
2: you think with the harsh word thing, yeah. that we should then be in a place where we're stirring
0: up strife? Because in Proverbs as well, it talks about, like, a harsh word stirring up strife and something uh, softness to turn away around. Yeah. So it's like, should we actually be in a place where we're so... Not caring what people think about having stir up strife in them, so to speak. I Love, totally. <laughs> like, did Jesus cause, cause strife? Like, yeah, heaps. Was that his ideal situation? Absolutely not. His ideal situation would be he would preach and everyone would believe him and then repent. Did that happen? No. So he has to deal with what he's got, you know what I mean? Yeah. I reckon we've definitely got to be in a place where we're not afraid to let things happen that need to happen in order to love people properly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, don't go looking for strife. Don't go looking for fights. I, I never do. I never go looking for a good religious argument. I hate religious arguments. Like they pro- like usually produce nothing, nothing good at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been in so many of them I'm just so over it. And I never go looking for a fight. I never go looking for a, an argument or a debate or anything like that. I just go looking to love people. That's my, my goal is to love people. Even if that looks like me giving harsh words sometimes. You got to do it. You know what I mean. If you really want to learn what love is and learn how Jesus lived, like. You know what I mean, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Cody, you go, Cody. You can
2: go.
3: <laughs> what What you were saying before, Nathan, about knowing God's heart and just understanding. How much when he sees the evil in the world and he sees the destruction in the world how much it grieves him Mm. so much that you know you were saying he he sent his sons to to crush his son so that that evil would stop but but it, it helps us to understand why this evil continues happening when we understand how much power he's given into the hands of man. Yeah totally. He can't reverse that power that He's given to mm. us. Whether it's power to do good or power to do bad. Mm. You know, He's given that to us. And we're the ones that have to face either judgment according to what we've done with that power, mm. or we get to face Jesus and His mercies. Mm. I can grieve Him to see so much more than what we understand. It grieves Him so much to see evil happening but he can't reach down and stop it himself he's, he's given us the power to change the world mm. and, and yeah. yeah
0: yeah i mean god has clearly shown and chosen that he's going to work through people you know what i mean and that's what he modeled through life. once again the life of jesus that's what he modeled through the life of jesus like there was sickness everywhere <laughs> when jesus was walking around yeah. could god have healed it like in a sense, of course, like he's God, right? Like there's nothing that's above the rule and the authority of God, but the way in which he's chosen in order to engage with people in a relationship, right? Is through them, do you know what I mean? And so that's why everywhere Jesus went, healed, healed the sick. Yeah. Every single sickness, all of them, drove it all out. You know what I mean? So I think thinking like that, thinking through the life of Jesus and just understanding that he is the revelation, It's gonna answer so many of your questions with this stuff. Because I, get, like, I wrestled with this stuff literally for so many years. Every single different perspective on predestination sovereignty that you can have, I had all of them. And I read lots of books on them, listened to lots of podcasts on them because I was fascinated with trying to get the truth to the bottom of this, trying to wrap my mind around it. And I missed the fact that Jesus revealed the Father. Do you know what I mean? studying, looking at his life, seeing how he acted, seeing how he thought, seeing how he dealt with sickness, dealt with evil, dealt with horrible situations, how he thought about that. That to me is truth and that to me is freedom in this topic. I can't explain all the evil things that happen in your life. I can't, you know what I mean? I I know it's from the enemy. I know it's from sin. I know it's not from God 100%. But I can't. I can't go into detail. I just don't have the answers and all the wisdom and all the the insight and depth into all that stuff that's happening in all of our lives. You know what I mean? But what I do know is 100%. God is good. God is good. Now, does
1: it have um, anything to do with the fact that we have to choose for ourselves the right passage that we want to
2: take? Mm. And
1: in and in being able to choose that direction, there are those who choose the wrong direction. And I don't know, one of the things that I think for myself sometimes, and I hope you can correct me if I'm mistaken, but I just have this feeling like whenever something happens to someone that, you know, I just think, oh, why did that have to happen? I just constantly go back to the fault of man. You know, why did that woman get cancer? Because man created an industry that created chemicals that caused something to happen in the body that was never meant to happen, Yeah. Or why did that child have to die in that car accident? Because the other person driving was drinking and not caring for yeah. people, you know, not caring for humankind and yeah. so one of the things that I constantly bring myself back because again I was questioning all this as well. Of course, and, we all do. And it's all connected to connected to the decision man makes because of a fall of Adam. Mm. You know all the, all this corruption that happens, all this thing that goes
0: wrong. It's it's a man that doesn't doesn't love God that created that to happen. I think that's true for lots of situations, but even some situations it doesn't fully explain it because, like, you guys know about like, like cot death and stuff like that, like where babies just they just go they just die. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, sixes whatever whatever it's called.
1: But that's just man, not discovering what caused that baby to die. You know, that's yeah, just science reached it there yet. You still can't say that was no actual reason why that child died, but we just, sure. man just doesn't know yet. Yeah, sure. You know, it's
0: just... Yeah, I think for me, it's just like, I just, like I said, I keep it simple yeah. and keep it in the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. Like, get your eyes off God as the one who took this from you and took that from you and get them on the real enemy, the real snake in the grass who bites you and then gets you to blame God for it. What an absolutely incredible tactic for destroying your relationship with God. Look at what he did to Job. Actually, while I have it here, we sing, this is, oh, this gets me because we sing this in songs and it just, oh, I just can't handle it. Um, Verse 21, chapter one. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, you know what's good there? Job's integrity, did he blame God? No, and that was exactly the right thing to do. Like Job is incredible, but he has a wrong thinking about God. He, can't, he doesn't know that there's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he goes, blessed be that the uh, Lord's given, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Is that scripture or is that his thinking? It's his thinking? It's his thinking. Because you actually know from chapter one that Satan was the one that launched the attack against him. But he goes, he doesn't know about Satan. He has no clue and he never finds out. Do you know what I mean? He goes, and, and that's why his friends spend literally 40 chapters with different arguments about what's going on here. That says they sit with him for seven days. No one says a word because they, they look at his suffering. And they go, this is incredible, right? And they spend 40 chapters trying to figure it out and all of them get it wrong. So this one guy at the end gets it like pretty close and then God comes in after that, which is awesome. But just because Job says it, does that make it scripture? Does that make it true? Like, like, it's, like I said in verse 16, the fire. I saw the fire of God fall from heaven, right? Was it the fire of God? Like you, you know it's not because you, that was already revealed in that it was Satan, right? God's not the one launching the attack. <laughs> it was Satan trying to frame God from the very beginning. Something happens to you, what's our first thought just from last week, right? Why did God, why did God, how funny is that? Even, oh, I've even heard this as an example. God damn it, that's built into our language. What does it mean? God's a dammer. It's built into your way of thinking. Something, something bad went wrong, God damn it, God, God's damning me. It's Built into the language of how we think from the very, very early age, you know what I mean? You have to work to fight against that. They go, no, Jesus revealed the Father. Jesus is good. (laughs) He drove out Satan. He didn't unleash him for more destruction. You guys know what I'm saying? And then we sing that in church. And I I just, there's, there's a truth to it. Like Lord gives and Lord takes away. Like there's times where God will, I don't know, bring prosperity to your business or withhold prosperity to you. I do personally believe that. I don't think you just pray to God and he just goes bless, prosperity everywhere. You know what I mean? I don't think that's him. You know what I mean? Like he, I think he wants to grow up people into the image of Christ and he'll use every means necessary to get you there, right? But in terms of the Lord has given my family and now the Lord has slaughtered them, blessed be the name of the Lord, amazing integrity, horrible thinking. You guys know what I'm saying? Can you see how that destroys relationships with God? Completely. And Job's trying his best to hold on here, but he's so miserable.
1: <sighs> Another way yeah. Of, uh, that I read that is he's just acknowledging the sovereignty of God. Yeah. So he doesn't understand it. Yeah. And he only knows God; he doesn't know Satan. So who else can it be? So yeah. He's just acknowledging he, de- he gives and then he
0: takes. So blessed be his name, regardless. In that case, if he is doing that, then I, I, I agree I, and with I him. God is doing it. Sure. Like in, in
1: Job's mind, that's all he can. Yeah, that's, that's all he knows, yeah. and so that's all he can say. So it's just acknowledging God's.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. But in terms of saying God is the one who blew that wind and the house fell down on my children and now they're gone, like, no, 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 no. I know exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It's not God. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Like he's the god of this world. Like it even says later on, right? My people are destroyed by lack of knowledge, right? My people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. If God's the one in sovereign, complete control, why would He write stuff like that? Why would He write? Because you, have la- because you lack knowledge, you are being destroyed. Why would He write, the power of life and death is on the tongue if everything is in God's sovereign will and control? Why do He put power of life and death on your tongue then? You see what I mean? Like, see, You have a lot more play and say in this than you think and the devil would make you think that you don't. The devil would make you think that he controls everything and how it is is how it is. Deal with it. Praise, raise your hands anyway and praise him, but you'd never be able to draw close because you can't trust him because he might slaughter your family that you prayed for for 10 years in any moment. See what I mean? See how once this stuff gets unraveled, you're just like, you know what, yeah. Yeah, frick. <laughs> Satan, what have you, like, you know what I mean? He, I'm just so, I just hate lies. So just keep people in, in slavery up here. They never get to draw near to him and go, you are good, God, you've always been good. In him is light and no darkness at all. No darkness at all. How many of you know, slaughtering 10 children is darkness, but it says in him is light and no darkness at all. <sighs> Chloe, you have a question? Um, <laughs> yeah. Have yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, any final questions? I feel like God was telling me as I was preparing this, he was like, when it gets to Job, it's going to get a bit hectic. And I was like, okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> and it did get a bit hectic. But um, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you guys for coming. Praise God. Jesus is amazing. Bless you all. Favor of God and all of you. Peace, Jesus name. Have amazing weeks. Love you all. We've got five minutes to chat before we... Yeah, five minutes, I don't know. 10, 15. 10, 15. <laughs> hey, you guys, have any luck finding a house yet, or still searching? I'm having a really good time looking, oh no, Have hasn't been happening <laughs> yet. <laughs>
3: I think nothing oh, better I'll do doing <laughs> my Saturdays. <celebration.
0: laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it? it? There's so good. Potential there, which is good. Cool, thank you, Jesus. We do need you to keep praying, because so far yes. every
2: house that we have looked at has got
0: something that doesn't... <coughs> Doesn't quite line up. Doesn't
1: quite line up. We'll yeah. get lots and lots of parking. Seriously, lots oh, yeah. of parking and then suddenly the living area is just fine, Yeah. So it's just a real beautiful houses, but just a real balance between finding yeah. um, out our
0: needs. Kind of I wonder if you guys could just like hire like a church building to live in. That would be awesome <laughs> for teaching tonight. No, we just bring like <laughs> thousands of people.
2: Sorry, Zach. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 okay,
0: that's all right. <laughs> good. I actually prefer house, house setting environments. It could be more intimate. It's nice. Um, cool. Thank you, guys. Bless you, Jesus. You. Amen. Amen. You. Amen. Yay.